Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It's the God, Guys, and Family podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. Today we have a good conversation about redemption and what it means to us. And we would love to hear what it means to you. So, as always, if you have any questions or comments, please go ahead and send them to the email Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at Family podcast, no space. And let us know what you think. Also, we're on YouTube now, so if you feel like you want to watch our ugly mugs, go ahead and do that, God Guns and Family Podcast. And please like and share, try to spread the word so that um, we can we can share the word. All right. Thanks, everybody. Recording in progress. Yes. And I Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? It is Mike and Nate and Nate and Mike. Yes. With the yes, yes. God Guns and Family podcast. You know. We're gonna, you know get, how we we're do? gonna get with it. We're gonna get with it. Yes. Yeah, man. So what's up? Dude, it's been crazy chaos, man. It was like I was driving home the other day and I was um, talking to Amanda and I'm like, yo, how did we end up back in like ministry life? I'm not sure how that like happened, but all of a sudden, like we were in the middle of ministry life and we're like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Like we're like, like helping people like through some stuff and like, I don't know. It was just kind of like four years ago, we were like, we're never doing ministry life ever again. Like it's just not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, here we are, like in the middle of ministry life. And a buddy of mine uh, was going through some stuff. And I mean, I kind of was just even thinking about just his story and like where we were at four years ago. Um, you know, he made some choices, blew up his whole life, similar to like where Amanda and I were at four years ago. Um, but he went off and running right after everything hit the fan. Um, like we just lost, like, everything like he like fell off the planet no phone calls wouldn't respond to text messages wouldn't respond to like you know calls anything like he was just a ghost town mia and we were really nervous because he's come out of drugs and alcohol that we were gonna end up getting a phone call that you know hey come identify a body kind of thing so um, we're really been praying for him praying for him praying for him and you know i started this this thought of you know what does redemption mean and like it sure that you can google and like Miriam Webster's has a definition of what redemption means. But I was like, well, what does redemption mean to the people that listen to us? Like really start spurring like the idea. Like it's not just, not every person has like everyone. I mean, obviously everyone has like their redemption story where like they're saved, but like there's also things in your life that God continues to redeem, you know, part mm-hmm. of the story of redemption working out for your life. So um, long story short is my buddies now, um, he freaking finally came back. We got a hold of him, prayed with him, got to like rehab him through. And now he's uh, in, in, you know, taking care of business where he needs to be. But I was like, man, how good is God to us, man? It was just remarkable. And even like talking um, through like where I came out of, you know, drugs and alcohol, two overdoses, um, and how easy it would be for me to, to fall back into stuff, you know, fall back into, you know, drugs and alcohol and, and, you know, going back to, um, the things that God saved me out of, um, it would be very easy. Like that would be the, the path, the easiest path of resistance, you know, like doing the thing, living in the, the life that God's called us to live is, is oftentimes the harder route. It's mm-hmm. easier to stay lethargic. It's easier to, to not have to live up to, and, you know, to the standard of grace, you know, to pursue Jesus is oftentimes the most difficult route. Um, cause he calls you to do things that are so against the world. Um, but yeah, dude, like what does redemption mean to you? I know we kind of briefly talked about it over text and you're like, what, but yeah, like what does re- the word redemption mean to you? Man, I don't even know. Um, honestly, yes, sir. 
maybe like i guess i i don't know i guess like uh, a, a a form of it would be like for me just turning back to the church i guess not that i ever like turned away from it it was kind of all like i said it's kind of always there but Mm -hmm. more along the lines of like that's kind of like a big focus for me now um whereas before it was all like i never i never like was against going to church it was just like we just didn't yeah. do it yeah you know and then so maybe i guess for me at least it was it's something like okay i decided to go back to church and i decided to be active um And so, yeah, I mean, like, it's, I guess, I mean, I don't know if that's even the thing. Like, I pray more now, actually, like, yeah. not, not just like, <laughs> I don't know, like before it was like, I would pray, you know, foxhole prayers, you know, that, that yeah, kind of thing, <laughs> you know, that I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, but now yeah. it's more like for other people, like, you know, give them the strength to find you mm -hmm. or give yeah. them some sort of guidance, help them yeah. find the way towards you or something, you yeah. know, stuff like that for people that I know, mm -hmm. um, aren't like currently there, you know yeah, what dude. I mean? So mm -hmm. like, cause I know we've had conversations about a friend of ours who yeah. probably should, he kind of was on a specific path and then kind of has veered away a little bit. And I don't know yep. if he's, I don't think he's necessarily veered away, but more along the lines of, the lifestyle that they have yeah isn't they're trying to fit church into their lifestyle as opposed to fitting their lifestyle into church or god or yeah. whatever yeah. that's what it appears to be maybe wrong um i don't think that's very i don't think that's wrong mm -hmm. maybe i mean it but, says it says to <laughs> to judge the fruit you know what i mean Well, I mean, for them, I mean, I don't know yeah. if that's like how it is for them. They may be doing stuff and we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. So, but that's where it, that's what it's like for me. Like being mm -hmm. able to get to the point where like my son wears a trust God and chill sweatshirt on a regular basis. Which is basis. rad, dude. Which um, is rad. He's like, listens to gospel music or not, not, not it's pray, uh, um, worship Praise music. Worship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty consistently on his own. Um, Yeah, he cool. he wanted me to order him a cross. He has a Bible that he takes to church sometimes. Um, my wife has a Bible that she has tapped yeah. out that she that's takes awesome. to church pretty much regularly. I don't know if she Dude, like really awesome. does anything with it. She just has it and then looks, you know, reads through it as the sermon's going down. But yeah, you know, that's that's pretty good. Um, Dude, that's awesome. So I think like that may be a form of redemption, I guess. Yep. Um Yep. You know, I know um like a buddy of mine uh in Texas, he's working towards you know, whatever he's working towards in his own way. Um I know it's a little harder for him because his ex is like kind of anything he says to his kids about mm. God or whatever, yeah. he, she's just like, "Nope." And Shuts her I think her thing is uh you know, her sister Odeed uh a while ago and i think yeah. since then she's, she's blamed you know, god yeah yeah so which isn't uncommon yeah um, but i think people just don't understand like hey man you can't just it's not always good yeah you know life is what it is and yep. um if you know like i guess the thing is that people assume that because god is god that um nothing bad should happen mm. But that's not the case, you yeah. know. It's so. like the exact the exact opposite. He gives you the like you have comfort in the midst of trials and chaos. Like, you know, the words of Jesus say, you know, be of good cheer, you know, do not be troubled when you have trials and tribulations, like be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Um it's regardless of whether you believe in Christ or not, life is hard. Yeah. Bad things happen. Good things happen. We talked about it on a podcast a while back, like why bad things happen to good people. It's like the state of the world we live in is fallen. And whether you believe in it or not, it like that doesn't what you perceive as truth doesn't negate what truth is. 
And, you know, if you're living, you're seeing these bad things happening, um, it really is realizing there's goodness in the midst of the trial. And that's only found in, in Christ and found in God. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you are just looking at every negative thing in the entire world, like what's the point of doing this thing? Like there's no hope in it. It's just, oh, look at all this terrible happening all around us. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's insane. But, you know, for redemption is like a finite, like description of what it is, but it's also like very fluid from person to person, right? That's kind of like what you're saying. Like your story of redemption is is not going to be the same as mine. And mine is not going to be the same as Amanda's and Amanda's not the same as Aaron's and so on and so on and so on and so on. Right. Like, um, redemption means something to, to, to everyone else. And, and what's kind of cool too. So like, everyone's got that moment where like they turn their will and their life over to the care of Christ, right? Like that moment of salvation. I have a different kind of understanding of, of God's redemption even. So like me in my story, right in youth ministry, doing the youth ministry thing, made some choices, blew up my entire world, um, and was told, um, if I don't do this, this certain way, then there will be only ever partial redemption for you ever. And I was just like, what does that even mean? Partial? That's not even in the Bible, like partial right. redemption. It's like made up um, scripture. Yeah, dude. It was like a half truth. Like, you know, their wisdom and understanding applied to what they thought was the best situation outcome for the situation or whatever. Um, so really feeling like ministry was completely disqualified in my life forever. Like I had been there, done that, got the postcard, made choices, destroyed it. And, you know, that's just the end of the story. And that's all. That's the end of that chapter of that part of the book. And that was it. And over the last like six or eight months, God's really been um, working in the in the area of my life where like he keeps telling me, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm like, yes, I trust you. And it's like, I mean, even like with this, like getting a phone call of, Hey, you know, this is where I'm going into treatment. Like, yo, let me pray for you. Yeah. Let me drop what I'm doing. I'm going to meet up with you. Like that's ministry life. And I never thought I'd be back there again. So God's even continually redeeming the parts of my story that I have just thought the locust had eaten, like the choices I made disqualified forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And God continues to um, redeem. God continues to write out this story of redemption, right? Like even like with those minor changes you made, like, yo, Hey, you know, let's ECC's down the way, you know, let's, I'm going to go to it and you going to it cause a chain reaction. Now that your family is degrees different than when you guys started. Right. It's like God continues to work out that redemption through our lives continually. And it's like, um, I mean, I envy people whose story is like, dude, I kind of already always knew who God was, but like, you know, like the normal stories that everyone like who has those stories think they're not as cool as like the overdose stories. Like the overdose story is almost like almost played out. Like they're so common now because drugs are such an issue. Alcohol is such an issue. Like the people who grew up like and never had issues with that and like went to church and knew who God was, like they kind of disqualified themselves in their story. But dude, God's redeeming the stories, man. Like I feel like in Revelation, it talks about, you know, you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And I feel like the word of our testimony is really just testifying of the redemption that God's working out in our life, right? Like he's redeemed me here in this place. Like he saved my life. I've submitted and surrendered to him, but he continues to redeem the things that you, you had thought you did. You had the power to disqualify yourself. Like for me, for instance, it's ministry. It's my call. You know, four years ago, had you asked me, Oh dude, do you feel like you're called? I said, I would have like, I felt like I, I, uh, undid my call. Um, and I had a very wise pastor tell me, you're, you're not strong enough for that, bro. <laughs> like you're not powerful enough to undo the call. And, yeah. and we're going to be talking a, a little bit later tonight. Amanda and I are going to be speaking on um, survivors of wars, like uh, YouTube live. Yeah. And it's going to be talking about identity. And I feel like in order to author to allow Jesus to author the redemption out in your life, you first, you have to know whose you are. You have to know you're the redeemers, right? Like you have to know Jesus in order for him to author the redemption fully. 
Yes, there's a moment where the Holy Spirit brings you back into him, which is the moment of salvation. But as once you're a saved, born again, believer of Jesus, a pursuer of who Jesus is, you have to make a conscious effort to allow the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus to author the redemption and the things that you thought died. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, in all, in, the, in all the story, um, whatever, whatever you're praying for, God's a God of redemption, right? Like whether you feel like, you know, you don't have a call that you missed where you're supposed to be, whether you, you know, regret doing certain things or not doing or doing or whatever you're, wherever you're at right now, I just want everyone to know Jesus is still redeeming. Like that is who he is. That's why he is the redeemer, right? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's, he's these, he's our provider. He's our, he's our redeemer, dude. And um, I feel like personally, when you're just obedient in the little things, like we've said a hundred times on this podcast already, worrying about the, just worry about the minutes so the hours take care of themselves. If I'm so concerned with the next right choice, the next right thought, the next honoring God and the next right thing, um, before you know it, he's already authoring redemption in your life. He's already redeeming the things you thought were dead and dying, or you had no chance of, um, and given you opportunities. He's opened the doors. Like if you're praying for a job, dude, guess what? Boom. He hears your prayers. You know what I mean? And then trust that, you know, none of that as a prosperity movement that we're like totally in as a Western church right now. Oh, you know, God's the greatest provider. Like the, the nearness to Christ is the ultimate reward, you know, to be known by him is first and foremost, everything, everything outside of that. Do you ever think there's like, um, like a constant, um, I don't know, like, do you ever think like anyone could ever feel confident enough to be like, okay, I'm, I'm there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing enough to, to get, you know, to be redeemed. Right. I, I, you know, cause like one of the things that I kind of struggle through and I don't even, it's probably just a normal thing, but like, to me, it doesn't feel very normal. Like I should just kind of be like, okay with it. Like mm-hmm. is like, you know, there's like some confusion still with like some stuff there's like, okay. Um, why, why are so many people like anti-Christian? Like that's kind of confusing to me. Why are so many mm-hmm. people like, not even just like, just anti-belief in general, right? Like, um, the, the, and I don't know. And like, people are so anti-belief, like they want to like go and be like actively negative on people who believe. Right. And I think that's Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of dumb because like if, if, because how many people in general, right? Like we're thinking about, how many people are who are fair who are Christian, even like LDS, right? They're they're not I don't I don't think they're considered Christian because they have like a weird Yeah, their doctrine's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, their doctrine's different. It's I mean, it is what it is. Um, but there's there's still like they're they're nice people, right? They're kind. Yeah, um, they treat people well. Um, all the people that I know for the most part treat people well that are, you know, actively going to church. Yeah. Um, everybody gets mad right? Everyone gets mad. Everyone gets a little bit angry sometimes. Like it is what it is. Like, that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. But if, and I, and I was like watching, I started watching this YouTube channel. Um, it's called answer, answer something, answer, answer something, answer. Let me find it. Hold on. Where it's like an older dude. And he's like going to college campuses and he's like, is his name about... Ken Ham? I don't know. Let me see. Ooh. It's at Cliff. Oh, Cliff. I have the YouTube no idea channel is... is Give Me an Answer. Give Me an Answer. Okay. I need to watch that. Um, So he'll like go to college campuses and they'll be like, the college students will be like, you're you're actively why are christians like actively trying to hate gays and and he's like nobody does he's all like 
And then he goes to a dude and he's like, I legitimately, I don't know, you know, I don't know who you are, but if you are, if you're gay or whatever, like, I love you. Like, yeah, I, you know, I have no reason to not like you. I have no reason to hate you. Bye bye. Love you. Hey, what's up, dude? And um, it's like if this, I don't know it, it if for whatever reason believing in God, believing in Jesus, let's say, let's say nothing, it doesn't exist. Let's say hypothetically, it doesn't exist. You being a believer are being are becoming a better person because you believe, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So it so what's the problem? What's yep. the problem with believing if and even if you didn't if you lived your life according to a path that said okay I'm going to take the chance and say let's say God does exist. I'm going to live my life as if he does. Yep. And as if what I do on earth means something for an afterlife if it doesn't exist oh well yeah you lived a good life you lived a good life and you were nice and you were kind yep. and you cared about people and you weren't a jerk and you weren't like you yep. know what i mean so that's the it's like it's really kind of confusing in that aspect mm -hmm. and then like there's just like certain things um that i just like don't get like um like when, you know, I guess I got to go through the Bible a few more times to even understand a lot of stuff, but yeah, I just like, I, I kind of feel like I kind of like hesitant, hesitant on certain things just because like, mm -hmm. I don't understand 80% yeah. of the stuff that I'm reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, man, I have no clue. All I know is that even if, and this is, this is for like people. And if you are listening and you are either on the fence or whatever, if you're like, if you can't just have like blind belief, there's evidence. And we had talked about this before. There's evidentiary, there's evidence out there that will give you, there's mm -hmm. evidence that Jesus existed. Yeah. There's evidence and it's not just in the Bible. And that's one thing that a lot of people say is like, well, the only thing that you have to refer to is the Bible and this and that. And it's like, well, like, no, no, that's not the, that's not the only documentation that, yeah. is available you know and so i guess like the part I, I got a little off track but the part that's like kind of confusing to me it's like man i just i just don't understand a lot of it mm -hmm. you know but i do believe and this is partially based on a lot of evidence like i always like believed period yeah. um but as of recently, I feel like there's more evidence to show that God exists and that Jesus existed and is the son of God because of these factors. And, um, and I, what I do when and this is probably going to come off a little crazy, but one of the things that I believe also is that the UFO stuff that's constantly out there, mm -hmm. that's like not necessarily a ploy, but it's, it's an active, it's an effort to get people away from Christianity, to get people away from believing in God. Because if you're, in my opinion, if you believe in God, there's no way you can believe in, in aliens. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they, they're just not there. But one of the books that I've listened to, one of the series that I've listened to, they use, the alien thing as a ploy to get people desensitized to it when in actuality it's it's the devil and demons it's demonic, and stuff yeah you know and mm -hmm. that way and i think did i talk about this before no 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 not so, with me um and the 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 purpose of this is that when the rapture happens and people are gone that is what they're going to use Interesting. to say the people who are left on earth to not believe because as soon as that happens, they come and say, well, this is the truth. There's 
alien life forms and this is why everyone disappeared because they wanted to take everyone back and this is what's going on so that's where the right and this is just from this book this made this is not yeah in the bible anywhere but it makes sense because the author I mean, yeah is mass Christian. diversion yeah um and it's like okay now because people are like so like okay that makes sense because they we saw the ufos and all this stuff is going on and now because everyone's gone it's because of the ufos so now we're gonna follow and then that's when the antichrist dude yeah. comes up and is all like well my parents one of them was one of these alien people and then is this person so now this person is in charge on earth and everyone um, who yeah so it's like a weird interesting yeah so like that kind of opened that that book series kind of opened my eyes to it and i was like what's dude, the name of that book um it's a whole series that's the interesting conceptual goodwin um and i think the series starts with something with noah that's a pretty interesting concept though i mean even like yeah that has that's pretty interesting but yeah, yeah back so, to your original question right D yeah. do you if you ever feel like you're like redeemed enough it's a pretty interesting walk of a line that you kind of have to do by faith you have to know you're redeemed like you already know that you're a blood-bought citizen of heaven right like yeah. you are you are the heir of the kingdom you have to know that in your spirit but to feel like you're redeemed enough i don't feel like, like if you're really pursuing jesus you never will never arrive at this place where you're like yeah. i'm so redeemed because i was like, like in the under the impression that it's like like i'm never you never i'm never going to be good mm -hmm. enough like there's no. just like and it's just like i don't know it's like it's the like, unattainable pursuit of perfection yeah it's just like jujitsu you're you go to the mass you put in the work you do the stuff trying to get better and to do better i mean there's so many parallels between jiu-jitsu and this the following of jesus being a, a follower of christ and you have to, it's this weird paradox knowing that you are already you are already sanctified you were already holy you're already redeemed but now you're allowing that what's already happened in the heavenlies what you already are to work its way out in the physical world but as soon as you're like man I am the most redeemed I've ever been. And I'm so ready to take on anything. You just like set yourself back to ground zero. And now you're working all over again, because it's only a matter of time before pride gets in the way of that. You know, and yeah. I think the nearness that you spend with Jesus, I mean, I mean or, or even in the presence of God, right? Like what did Isaiah do? Have you read Isaiah yet? When he gets to the altar and he's like, no whoa he, he's like taken back by the glory of god and he says who am i this man of unclean lips it's like immediately in the presence of god you realize how imperfect and nasty and wicked you are in yourself so i feel like the nearness to christ and the nearness to jesus and the nearness in the presence of god will always illuminate to you there's still work to be done and there's still imperfection and darkness that resides within my physical body. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like you always understand that in the compared to the glory of God, we're of filthy rags and the, our righteousness is of filthy rags, but it's only through. And basically that, that terminology means is all the goodness that's within us that I can do as merit here on earth is filthy rags in the kingdom why am righteous because of the blood of Jesus, right? So Jesus, you know, God looks through the veil of the blood of Jesus as I am a righteous person. And that's the righteousness we know in our spirit. You will always be in continual pursuit. The pursuit will look different. And the, the, the ebb and flow of life, you know, sometimes you're struggling here. Sometimes you're struggling there. You're kind of flowing back and forth in this walk that changes as the as the longer you're on the path and the longer you're doing the things but it's you'll always be in in and out of the crucible of the refining fire 
taking away things here, moving things here, adding, I mean, you're always going to be in the foundry, right? You're, you're mixing of the metals, you're adding this in to, and taking away this to create beautiful things, right? Like that's what we're always in is we're continually in the crucible in the fire. And I feel like the faster we realize only through Jesus, are we righteous and we're continual to work that out in our life. It takes the, the um, performance away from it. It's nothing that I can do myself. It's only through the goodness and the glory of God, right? Like how I'm sitting here today talking about what I'm talking about is a testament of who Jesus is, how I can react. I mean, don't ask my wife right now. I got a, you know, on the air right now, I uh, got a little snippy and um, early and was super, you know, repentant of it. And Amanda, when you listen to this, I love you. I'm sorry um, for being a punk because I'm such a punk sometimes, but (laughs) these things, it's, it's, it's the grace to be who Christ has made me to be like, he's already, he's already paid the, the price. He's already counted the cost and he's always, you know, willing to sustain. So, you know, I don't think you ever feel like you're redeemed enough for anything. And if yeah. you do, if you, if you meet someone that says that, like, and they write a book, send me the book or tell me where to find it. Cause I, I, I want to achieve that point someday, but I don't personally feel like you could ever, get enough marks on your wall to say, I'm, I'm this redeemed enough to do this. Um, I mean, as soon as you start making tally marks on the wall, you joined every other world religion based on good works to outweigh the bad works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, like, and so there's a couple things. We probably won't have enough to talk about it before the break, but I'm going to write it down because I'm going to, yeah, it let's do it. So the first thing is, Is baptism something that would be? I'm going to ask this. Is baptism something that would absolutely be necessary in order for someone to be saved? Okay. I, I know, I, I think I know that it is yes, and it's written in the Bible. I, I'm pretty sure that's there. Um, and also, is it is it is it necessary and or okay to be concerned about other people's redemption mm-hmm. and how like if it's and i know we kind of talked about this before like in a roundabout way um but like if you're if i'm concerned like let's say hypothetically well not hypothetically let's say directly speaking of if like my wife isn't like super stoked to get baptized because the uncomfortable of the water and you know that just that right not the whole not the whole idea is there like a yeah like it's more of like a and i'm not saying that that's the case i'm just saying like if that's if that is the Mm -hmm. case is that something that can be done in not necessarily a physical baptism, but more of like a spiritual baptism. Is that, is that like something that is a thing? Um, and maybe for, uh, you know, for other people too, like, is it necessary? Cause I know, like, I know Jesus says, um, you're saved through grace alone and who are those who believe in me? Mm-hmm something right it's basically like belief in jesus is what basically saves you right yeah so like is that in itself kind of like a baptism of your soul if you say okay look like i i understand like and i believe that this specifically is the reason why jesus was here i believe that he died for our sins i believe he was resurrected and I believe now he sits at the right hand of the of God kind of thing or, you yeah. know, whatever the scripture says specifically. Is that something that you think, like, is that okay? Like, is that an accurate, like, question? Um, you know, can that be, you know, because I know, like, there's people who are, like, they believe. Yeah. They, they may not, like, feel either feel comfortable going to church or they Mm -hmm. are kind of doing their own thing spiritually at home 
or whatever, right? Yeah. They're, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, not necessarily watching sermons or anything like that. They're just kind of, they take time and meditate on their own, or they take time and they pray. They may not necessarily read the word, but they take the time and try to take, you know, a little bit of their day and focus on maybe not even every day, maybe like mm-hmm. every so often. Yeah. Um, is that something that can essentially save somebody? You know what I mean? Cause my concern, this is the concern that I have is like, I know a lot of people who are genuinely good people, but they are not active in the church and they don't actively mm-hmm. go to church and they, I, I don't know for sure if they actively read the Bible or if they actively pray or if they're, you know, 100% on the, on the wagon mm-hmm. with regards to Jesus and, you know, and Christianity as a whole, um, you know, so those are like some things that kind of come into mind when I think of like redemption, like I'm concerned for people mm-hmm. who I care about, who I may not be able to persuade or kind of put the mustard seed in there and say, mm-hmm. look, dude, like, why wouldn't you believe that? This is, yeah. in, you know, what do you need? What do you need? Not necessarily belief, but yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't yeah. know what I'm trying to say, but you understand what I'm asking? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> kind of like a real, con- it's kind of a concern for me because yeah, like there's a lot of people that I know who, and I care about and I'm like, man, like, I can only do so much. I can't yes. like force anyone to mm-hmm. believe this. And I can't, you know, say, dude, you guys need to go to church, man. Like there's yeah. always like, um, you know, sayings where you're like, man, y'all need Jesus. Yes. You know, stuff like that, <laughs> which is true. I mean, most of the time it's true, I'm sure. So, but then I definitely want to kind of talk about that because. Yeah, let's do it. I, it's kind of. I mean, it's not necessarily my business, but it kind of is like, because if I, I mean, care about someone, having, then I want them a, to be saved. Having a burden for souls is, is like awesome. And that burden for whether or not people are saved, like that's been, that's the heart of God that's put inside you. So that's a good thing. So yeah, let's, let's hit this break and then we'll come back and talk about some, uh, some more sweet little questions and dive right into the baptism part of all that mess. Let's do it. All right, you guys, now is the time. Go and share this podcast with your friends. Okay, share it with someone. Leave a review. Share and spread the word. All right, now that I've done that, back to the conversation. Recording is in progress. Welcome back. Got it. Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back to the God Guns and Family Podcast, y'all. Let's get into Uh, these. uh... Whoa. What's up? What? You do. (laughs) I was going to say, just, I'm going to say it now and forever. Hold my peace. Let's do it. Um, If you have questions, email us, godgunsandfamilypodcast at gmail.com. Send a message on Instagram at God Guns and Family Podcast. It's on the IG. Um, If you want to watch, I don't know why you would, but if you want to, (laughs) the last two episodes are up on YouTube. Uh, God Guns and Family Podcast. You can check that out. Um, And yeah, so they're not up immediately because they take a while to to edit the video and stuff but it's you know it's usually they're usually up a few a day or two afterwards and yes if you like to watch podcasts that you like then there you go let's do it got it all available for everybody yeah man yeah dude and uh, if you you want to send uh, us money send us money I'm, i'm down with that just uh, you know, because after I don't know, you don't have to. I'm this is kind of a joke, but not really. Um, because after a while, we're gonna I have to start paying for the yep. service for the podcast because the the memory is gonna be built up, and without having to delete the old episodes, yep, and you know, 
but you know we can it's not a big deal but yeah, if you feel gonna... if you feel generous then yeah that's going to be the plan is making this thing ongoing forever ever until jesus says otherwise so let's uh let's do it yeah. man let's do it i'm excited right. baptism baptisms what do you think that's a great that's a great uh great set of questions actually um but yeah to go back to being concerned about whether or not someone's saved is like that's a rad concern like excuse me like that's what we're supposed to be concerned about we shouldn't be concerned about what theological doctrine like oh you're the you're a baptist or you're a southern baptist or you're whatever you know you're you're Pentecostal. Oh, you're, you're whatever. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't be the concern whether or not people are saved. It says, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. None come to the father except through me. Right. And it also says we have one mission united under one Christ. Right. It says go into the world and make disciples of all nations. That's our commission. The great commission, right. In Matthew 28, right before you left. Right. This whole thing that we've been concerned about is really arguing about what's like it. We spend so much time arguing about what doctrinal view is right that we miss who sent us on the mission, which is Jesus. So to be concerned about whether people are saved is 100% right where your heart is supposed to be at. Because, you know, what what the blind guys say when they, you know, he Jesus <laughs> touched his eyes and healed him. He said, and they were being interrogated, like, who healed you? Like, I don't know. I was blind, but now I see. I It's just Jesus. Like, that's who did yeah. it. I was like, I don't argue with me. I was why I was blind. Jesus did this to me. And now I can see. That's all I know. And that's kind of as, as Christians, that's how we should be. Like, I only know Jesus and him crucified. That's it. Like I, what doctrinal walls it says to be educated too, right? It says to be as, you know, wise as serpents and cunning as, you know, what, whatever this, you know, wise as a serpent and cunning as a dev or something like that. I don't know, but basically telling us to, to be wise and logical and, and understanding. But so back to the baptisms, right? Baptism. I can, when people say like, Hey, I was seven and I was baptized. I have a little bit of a problem with that. Because like at okay, that point, I won't tell you then. No, I mean, whatever. If, <laughs> if that was you, perfect. Whatever, that's fine. That was, that was, well, yeah, because cool. Catholics they do it when you're like baby, baby. Yes. So Catholics are no- notorious for doing it when you're baby, baby, like you know, baptizing and like having a communion for you know for yeah. for them. My whole ideology and thought process behind a baptism is what Jesus how it it is portrayed in Scripture, which is be saved and then be baptized and then you're on to the rest of the word. Right. So I feel like, I mean, I was, I don't have never met anyone that was baptized before they were saved. Like before Jesus apprehended their heart, I've never met anyone that was like, you know what? I'm going to be baptized in Jesus's name without ever being apprehended by the the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I feel like how it should be is, there's a real authentic encounter with Christ and that then spurs you to baptism, which in the word says he commands us to be baptized, right? So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, you know, you're contingent on like, you know, your salvation is contingent on baptism, but it's what God is commanding us to do. So say you're saved, but then you choose to not be baptized that's a heart issue and is an obedience issue to what God's Mm -hmm. asking you to do. So you can use whatever excuse you want, but when you boil that excuse down, you, you simmer it on low heat and it condenses, it comes down to an obedience issue and a pride issue. Well, I don't want to be uncomfortable and cold, you know, talking about the reference, like the water being too cold or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm uncomfortable. You know, I'm choosing to put myself above the command of what God is asking me to do, which is to, you know, be saved and be baptized. Um, so baptism for me is what is an outward de- declaration of the transformation that's happened within my soul, my encounter with Jesus. So my baptism, my, I mean, I, I am planning on getting rebaptized this summer. I think we're going to do it in the lower salt, salt river 
Um, yeah. Um, with a bunch of the dudes from uh, the Thursday night Bible study, we're going to, you know, have this, we're going to write out a covenant, like, you know, hold each other accountable. Our identities are here. We're going to be in, in, you know, covenant brotherhood with one another and write out a covenant, sign it and put our fingerprint on it. And at the same day that we're going to sign the, the covenant, we're going to go down to the river and be baptized as a group. Um, but my first baptism was on my 29th day of sobriety. When the insurance company kicked me out of rehab, I was like, you know, day 30. So I kicked out on day 29. I got baptized on day 30 of sobriety. And it was really a pretty cool experience because I was making an outward profession of and proclamation of what Jesus did, of, of the trans, transformation that Jesus had done in my own life. Um, so I feel like, yes, baptisms are 100% a command that God commands you to do, but should also be um, something you want to do to proclaim to the world. Because really what baptism is, right? Jesus went into the tomb. Three days later, he rose again defeating yeah. sin and death right so yep. the symbolism of baptism is you know being laid into the water which resembles your grave and then when mm -hmm. you rise out of the water you're the new creation like second corinthians talks about um behold all things of a moon so really the baptism is the dying to the old version of you and rising the new resurrected version that god has created and redeemed right go back to what we're talking about with redemption yeah um that right there is baptism so if you know people that have yet to be baptized, I think there's a way to lovely and love I'll lovingly encourage them to scripture themselves to be like, oh man, this really is a command that God's commanding. Um, but also to kind of just love them through the process, right? Because it really isn't a salvation contingency, it's an obedience issue. Um, so it's not like you're you should die on your cross with Bible thumping them and beating them and like grabbing them by the neck and baptizing them yourself. Like, right. you know, finding a, a puddle of water and smashing their face into it is probably frowned upon, right? Like forced baptism. I think there's that might be a, you might be getting a charge of some kind in the judicial system, but um, I feel like that's something where pointed prayer. And cause the Holy spirit is going to be the only one that convicts that, right? Like puts yeah. that desire to be baptized in someone's life and someone's heart. It's only through the Holy spirit. There's no amount of what Mike or Nate has to say can convince anyone of eternal anything. That's only the Holy spirit. And that's strictly his job. Right. Um, and it even kind of what I was kind of praying about what you're talking about is like having the right things to say to these people, like knowing when to engage and when not to engage to encourage and not to encourage in Luke 12, 12, it talks about the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought what you ought to say. And in the context, the scriptural context of what that is, is, is basically, you know, they're saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you how to communicate to the people who could literally sentence you to death because he was going before the Roman government. He, you know, and it's like, don't worry, you know, the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you're supposed to say. You know, he's talking to people who could sentence, he could have very easily sentenced them to death. Uh -huh. yeah. but the Holy spirit will guide you. All you have to be willing is like, Holy spirit, I give this to you. I surrender this to you. Help me to be a light and to encourage people in the truth of who you are and the truth of your word. Um, and when you pray that prayer, you make yourself into a position, you place yourself into a position to be able to be used in that, in that area in whatever area that you find yourself in. So baptism really is a, it's not a salvation issue. It's a, it's a, it's an obedience issue, which obedience everything is everything. You know what I'm saying? Cause obedience, disobedience is rebellion. The same thing that got Lucifer cast out of heaven. Right. Yeah. So it is a big deal. Like disobedience and obedience is a big deal. Um, but it's not like a, if you're not baptized, then you're out of heaven forever. That's my own per, uh, personal opinion. Anyway. Hmm. I'm trying to, I was looking up a scripture, but I totally just forgot because I got distracted by my own what, brain. About what? I don't remember. Otherwise, I'd like it up. I'm a genius. Figure it out. I'm going to. Figure it out. Yeah, and so, and that's kind of the thing I always wonder because, like, there's some youngins that get baptized at church, man, and I'm like, do they understand 
Yeah. Like you're like, bro, you like there's, you know, I mean, even like even Andrew, like I'm thinking like, man, he may, he just may not, I, I just, he just doesn't understand what it is. And, you know, like, whatever. And there's some kids that are like three, four, five. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily think they understand exactly what's going on and the concept behind it and the meaning behind it and stuff like that. So like, that's, and that's like always a concern for me. It's like, okay, man, like if for whatever reason, the rapture happens tomorrow. Yeah. Is my son going to go? You know, that's like, obviously being selfish, I want him to stay and hang out with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> ultimately, man, my beard is jacked. Yeah, mine's ultimately, it's too. like I, you know, he's not really my son, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Yep. So, which is that's a whole another struggle, dude. That we've been, I don't know. I don't know if I told you about Liam with the last like two and a half weeks. Mm-mm. I'll have to go into some some more detail off air or whatever but basically long story short is there was an incident that happened at the hand of another student at the preschool he used to go to that really like put a traumatic imprint on him and there's like some new verbiage in his um in his you know vocabulary about like not being comfortable in his own skin now like some of that innocence was taken away based on the actions of this other kid um, and really like that was the closest I had to acts of violence in a long time yeah. Um, but then my heart just broke, but really understanding that, you know, yeah, my heart is to protect my son at all costs, like at the expense of myself, God really reminded me he, and th- you know, through Amanda and through some other people that first he's God's, like, yeah. you get to watch him grow, but he's not your son. He's God's first. Um, just same with Jaren, you know, not my son. He's God's first Aria, not my daughter. She's God's first. And that's a huge huge thing is realizing our privilege in this whole thing is watching people grow in nearness to Christ, whether that's your family or your friends or the people you care about, you're praying for. It has nothing to do with how articulate, how wise, how amazingly eloquent you speak and communicate has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with being a vessel in which the Holy spirit chooses to use. And to plant the seeds, because ultimately it's the Holy Spirit's job to water, to plant, and to harvest. It's our job just to be willing and to be obedient. Yes, (laughs) exactly, bro. Yeah. Dude, but yeah, man. So yeah, that whole Mark, uh, it was Matthew 16, 16, it was talking about whoever believes and is baptized will be saved and whoever does not will be condemned. Um, it's pretty interesting. So you do have to be baptized to be saved. Yeah. Let's see. Interesting. According to the Biblia. Yeah, the Biblia. Solo Scriptura, man. Well, that's interesting. So, I mean, it really does come down to a heart issue. Like, what what is preventing you from being water baptized since the Bible is it's a command of the Bible, right? Like, what are you placing higher on the pedestal than salvation and nearness to Christ? Like, the water's uncomfortable. Oh, I'll be looked at. I will be in the center of attention. Like, I mean, it also goes like this, though. So, baptism, both baptism of the Holy Spirit, like speaking in tongues and physical baptism in water don't need to be this giant spectacle of a thing. Like you can have one other close person because this is where two or more are gathered. The Holy, like that God is in the midst of us, right? Um, yeah. You can do it. One other person in your backyard, two other people in your backyard or down at the river, the creek or the ocean or whatever. Like it doesn't need to be this grandiose, um, like 
part of a church service kind of thing where they like turn all the lights on you and whatever, it can really be a close intimate thing where, um, the act of being water baptized doesn't need to be a spectacle can be done in an intimate setting as well. Um, just like baptism in the Holy spirit when speaking in tongues could happen on your bed, you just pray for it and it happens. Boom. It doesn't need to be this huge production. Um, I feel like we get wrapped up in that misconception a little bit where it has to be a production in order to, to be viable, but it's not, it can just be in your bedroom or your backyard or down by the Creek at your campsite or whatever. Um, it doesn't need to be a big, a big thing. So I feel like if anyone that, you know, it's like struggling with it being the center of attention, you have the power and the authority, Mike, to baptize them in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. No, I'm not doing it's that. Pretty... Huh? I'm not doing that. So I'm just saying you do it. You have it. That's Why like not? Blasphemy. No, it's not the same <laughs> spirit. That's in you that rose Jesus from the dead, brother, man. There's no, it, no, no pastor says by the, the state of it by the power vested in me by the state of arizona <laughs> i now baptize you no bro that's it dude it's it even says it like this in scripture get saved be baptized raise the dead now that we've talked about the the beginning basics of the word let's talk about the the meat let's get off the milk and go to the meat which is pretty insane to think that getting saved being baptized and raising the dead all are like in the first breath of Paul in that statement. Like, okay, now that you know, you can raise the dead. Let's move on to like what the actual depth of the word is talking about. I'm like, what sidebar? Like, where did <laughs> Wait a minute. Oz, we forgot the third part? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like what, is, you know what, what is it? Mean? It's like, get saved, be baptized, raise the dead. Boom. Yeah. You saved, be baptized, raise the dead. All right. Now. So what we're going to do is we're going to go and eat some dinner. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Time out. What did you just say? Time, <laughs> exactly. time reset. Yes. What's going on here? We're going to have to have a little bit of conversation about this. because <laughs> We're going to debrief that The one. first two are cool. I'm cool with the first two. The first two are fine. <laughs> third one? The third, the whole zombie <laughs> thing is where I'm like, wait a minute, bro. Time out. We, need to, we need to cover this basic what's, again. What's, yeah. what's happening? But I'm saying, bro, like the same spirit. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no disqualifying you based on tenure of belief. If you believe that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart, dude, boom, like you have the ability to baptize, to see people saved, to baptize people and to raise the dead. Like that's what Jesus came to the earth to do, to cast out demons, to heal the sick and raise the dead, right? Like is the Western church, we kind of like, oh, that's the pastor's job or, oh, that's the evangelist's job or no, that's your job. If you're listening, guess what? Seeking out people who are lost, offering them salvation, baptizing them. And then if you find a dead person on the sidewalk and you raise them from the dead, that's awesome. Let us know. We really want to know about that story so we can have you on air with us. Yeah. So you can tell us that. Um, But there's no junior Holy Spirit, bro. The amazing part of this whole thing is if we don't do it, God will choose a talking donkey or some rocks to do it. The interesting part of this whole thing is that how much of a privilege it is to tell someone about Jesus and preach the gospel, like angels are God conscious. They don't even have the privilege of telling someone who is far from God about the God who saves them. They don't have that privilege because they're God conscious. He trusts a bunch of imperfect jack wagons to propel the kingdom of God from earth, from, from heaven to earth and to propel that forward on earth. Yeah. Mind blowing. Like he entrusts us to do that. And until we go back to realizing every part of our life is in Christ has been redeemed, which means our call, which means our future, which means our every, our past, our present, all of it's been redeemed. But to know whose you are and to walk in the identity that Christ has set before you is the only way that we're going to walk into and move the bar forward, bringing the kingdom of heaven into the world. Because you can't, like you can't, you won't go down and say, yo, I'm just going to start baptizing people at the lower salt, people on, on you know, salt river tubing. Well, salvations, dude, let's preach the You're gospel, like bro. Push them in the water. <laughs> in the water, bro. But like, that's it, dude. Like, why not? Who's we disqualified ourselves? I disqualified myself. 
Never once did it say, oh, you have to spiritually mature to the point of doing this where you get some sort of man-made credential. Then that says that you're allowed to cast out demons, heal the sick and raise the dead. Never. It says be saved, be baptized, raise the dead, bro. Get in the freaking fight. And until we know who we are, our identity, it's the only way that we're going to be able to step into what we're called to do, which is all the things that we were just talking about. It all comes down to allowing God to redeem you, to redeem your call, your present, your future, your past, all of it, allowing God to redeem it and allowing God to redeem your identity. And you start seeing yourself through the eyes of Christ saying, I am already redeemed. I'm already saved. I'm already sanctified. So now let me go move the bar of heaven to earth. It all comes down to, to the identity. You won't do that. You can't, you're not going to, to step in the fight until you understand the identity of who you have, whose you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you're not going to, you're not going to like armor up, right. And get in the fight. If you don't know what army you're fighting for, Word. you're not, you're not going to put your vest on. You're not going to put your helmet on. You're not going to get your, you know, seven rounds of seven thirty round mags strapped to your chest. Right. Like it's, this is not the way it's going to work. You're not going to get in the fight until you know whose you are. And until you realize whose you are, you're not going to know where your identity lies in. And you're going to be like in James, it talks about a, a man that's just a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, it all comes back down to understanding and allowing God to redeem your mind first and to redeem your identity. Boom. Boom. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Not really. It's very difficult to walk out in real life, but. That's why we're here, bro. To walk out with the life with each other and the, everyone's listening. We're a resource for you guys, man. We just might be one knucklehead leading the other knucklehead to the water, but hey, we're on this road together, bro. Oh yeah. I'd be the I'd be the knuckle a knuckle knucklehead. I'd be knuckle I'd be knucklehead one. You'd be you be K two. K two. Yes, sir. Maybe that's what K two stands for. Dude, I'm sure. The, the ski company? Yeah. K two company, whatever. We're not gonna other stuff. We're not gonna base it off the mountain name K two, but it's fine. Yeah, no. Whatever. Dude, have you heard about the dude that's getting ready in October to solo traverse seventeen hundred miles all the way across of Antarctica, human powered, pulling a sled by himself? No. But it's not surprising. I just I just listened to Andy Stumps cleared hot and it Mm -hmm. was from back in November, December of 22. But this dude that lives in Phoenix, I can't even pronounce his name, but he's like been through some stuff. Now he's like a world traveler. He's setting out to to be the only person to cross all like from ocean to ocean, all of Antarctica under human power only. I think I heard that. Like not supported by snow machines or anything like he's pulling a 450 pound sled 1700 miles across it can take him like four months to ski across that's a heavy Antarctica. Sled. that's a heavy sled bro on skis like cross-country skiing hopefully it's like sled. packed snow because if it sinks it's just you'd be you'd be you'd be toast you're not making you'd be, it you'd ten be no life be <laughs> yeah, miserable. No. that would be terrible I don't know why I got a side tangent on that. But. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't have anything else. That's it, something man. Else? No, sir. Let's pray this thing out, man. Again, follow us at all on all the on all the things, right? So you got God Guns all and Family them. Podcast, all of it. Instagram. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel yeah. and like yes. it and share. There's only two videos like, share, on it now, comment. but then this one will be on there. Yep. Turn on the notification bell at the top. It's of on that, Rumble so too. the The first one's on Rumble. Episode fourteen's on Rumble. Yeah, that's more of a conservative okay. uh, platform, I think. I don't even never even explored Rumble. I don't know. Yeah, so that's. It what... sounds very similar to Bumble. No, it's not Bumble. It's Rumble. It's Rumble. Perfect. It's uh more like gun stuff and Ooh. whatever that won't be removed. I guess says we're so. <laughs> <Or>, uh, demonetized. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, I don't know if we're supposed to say that. Oops. You know, say sorry, not sorry. Let's pray. Jesus, we just come before you, Lord. Just an honor it is to talk about your word, to share time. Uh just on this podcast, Lord. Use it however you want. 
shape us, mold us, create us into the person and the men and the women that we're called to be. Help us to be vigilant uh, and to fight for the things that you've called us to fight for, to allow you to redeem what you're uh, only you can redeem. And that we step out of the way and that we step into our identity that you've set before us and only you. And that we can be the person that you've called us to be for your glory as an instrument for your glory, honor, and praise. We just surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Yes. See you next week.